is coming March 7th. That's tomorrow, guys. Falcons have to make a decision on Caleb McGarry, and uh, it is a big decision on what you're going to do. If you franchise tag him, it gives you a chance, again, to work out a long-term deal. I've told you guys I don't want to overpay for Caleb McGarry, but what he's scheduled to make, or at least what they're projecting he will make, is four years, $70 million. Um, Are you willing to do that? And is that if you feel like that's a bargain, Mm. then you do it because he is one of the top four tackles available, or guards, should I say, um, you know, available when you start talking about free agency, Mike, and these guys and where they where they rank. Either way, they've got to make a decision. He's 28 years old, coming off a career year. We're going to find out between today and tomorrow whether or not that happens because teams are making these mm. decisions today. Every time you and I talk about Khalil Mack, we go, mm. but it's not exactly a deep, we said this, guys, it's not a very deep draft class, or I should say free agency class this year. Now, there are some free agents that tackle, but either they're too old or maybe too expensive. Yeah. But Caleb McGarry's, like, by some guesstimates, is considered one of the top ten free agents out there, which is kind of crazy. So we're going to uh, we're gonna see what the Falcons do. There is a lot of NFL news. If you're just joining us, Calvin Ridley has been reinstated, which means we will get compensation. Uh, the Falcons will, that is, and it's going to depend as we move forward. But not to make things too complicated, bottom line is we get a, a fifth-round pick this year. And then a conditional 2024 pick, that's a fourth rounder, but it depends on Ridley's season that could end up being a third rounder in 2024. So, and if he signs an extension, it'll be a second rounder. So if he balls out, signs an extension, we get a second rounder in 2024. Okay. So, I mean, that's actually better for us if he does better and they are going to lock him down. And again, wish nothing but the best. I think in some cases a reset is necessary and hopefully Calvin, you know, whatever's going on off the field, he's got that stuff straightened out and he'll go ball out in a great offense. Do you need an apology, Mike? I'm not waiting. I'm not holding my breath. I mean, I just think that there was some, some And I'm stuff. not saying you. I'm saying Falcon yeah. fans and the, and the organization. Would, do, do you need that? I'd like to hear from Calvin some point. You know, in the old days, you go on Roy Firestone and cry <laughs> and you tell your story. Now, for younger viewers, that was an interview show on ESPN. But, I mean, Calvin, if you go back in the chronology of it, he missed a game, uh, didn't make the trip to England, then played in the Dolphin game, and then was in the game plan for the Carolina game, and the last minute tells Arthur Smith, I'm not playing. Right. Which, basically, you quit on your team and your teammates because you were considered to be a big part of that, and that was a really ugly loss. And then you move forward, and then the gambling stuff, which is just a no-no. Everybody knows you can't do it. We can debate the if you guys feel it's hypocritical, the NFL's in league with casinos and major – doesn't matter. You can't do it. Everyone knows it. So, I, I don't know. I, I just felt there was some immaturity. I've always enjoyed our time, our conversations with Calvin. I just didn't realize the things were so off the rails in his personal life. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knew. Um, and, again, he quoted himself by saying, I don't have a gambling problem uh, when that all went down. Anyways, he gets reinstated by the NFL today. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We will talk about our Hawks. Jay on the Twitter says, Dukes and Bell, when does Quinn decide to bench Collins? We'll talk about it coming mm. up. Chris, let's get to an NFL blitz. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. NFL Blitz brought to you by our friends at Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. So Derek Carr signs or will sign. It will become official when the league year starts, but he will sign with the Saints. It's four years, $150 million. Chris told us earlier, 37 per on average. Um... What's this mean for us as far as the Falcons are concerned? One of our listeners says, hey, fellas, they're also looking to go sign Leonard Fournette. Listen, I think the Saints still feel like their window is open, which is why these, you know, when Breeze decided to retire, 
Where did they go? They thought it was Jameis. It's not Jameis. Right. They tried the, the red rifle. It's not, it's not Andy Dalton. So now they're bringing in Carr. And for whatever you think about Carr, he has a really good relationship with Dennis Allen, who's the coach there. They were together with the Raiders in his early days when they drafted Carr. Mike, I don't know if it works, but I do think it's an upgrade, and that's kind of where I am. Carr completed 60% of his throws, 24 touchdown, 14 picks. A lot of people uh, said that the picks were way too many. They were. Was that a function of what they were doing offensively, or did he lose something? I don't know, but we're going to find out because now we can see him twice. Yeah, there was just a real disconnect. Him and Josh McDaniels, that thing got sideways, and I thought McDaniels kind of did him a little bit dirty, if I'm honest, because yep. after the Colts game, the only guy in that Raiders team that really took responsibility, remember, he got emotional. He was kind of like really crying at the podium. He had to take like like 10 seconds between sentences because it was, it was embarrassing. He got beat by Jeff Saturday and the lowly Colts, and then they went on a bit of a run, and then the wheels came off again. So... I, I think he – one thing we can all agree on, we just talked about Calvin Ridley, Carr needs a change of address too, and then hopefully in a, another system he can flourish. But I just don't know if this is that, this offense is going to be that dynamic. What's Kamara giving you? Is Alave and the wide receivers potentially can, you know, could be a nice fit if they're going to maximize his talent. So a lot of people, even there were reports that he was going to go to the Jets. Spoke with all the, all the teams that had an opening, he spoke with them. So Robert Sala is the coach of the Jets. This is what he said about Derek Carr. He's got an elite, elite mental makeup uh, with regards to football IQ. He's got tremendous accuracy and arm strength. He can put the ball anywhere you want. And uh, he's been asked to do a lot in his career. I've said it before. I think he's he's more in line with what Stafford's career has been in terms of, uh, you know, if you could just get him into a, a place that can surround him with all the pieces to allow him to just play quarterback 10 to 15 times a game, uh, it'd be pretty cool. But uh, uh, he's, he's, he's a solid young man. Okay. Um... That was solid. Obviously, he's not going there, but high on what they Mm. felt like he could possibly be with the Jets. Meanwhile, um, Anthony Richardson wows the combine. And, Mike, if he was a guy that was going to go maybe late 20s, okay, if you had him projected. Because, again, the the pecking order for these Mm. quarterbacks is right now Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Richardson was like the fourth or fifth guy. Will Levis. I think he might have jumped somebody. I think he jumped a couple of guys after this combine performance. Well, I mean, the skills look amazing. It's just hard, especially like Squid Billy, our producer, is a Gator fan, and you saw it. You saw games against Utah where, wow, look at this guy. And then other games where he looks like a true freshman who's never even seen the big lights of an SEC game. So I don't know where he is. I think that, you know, Cam Newton comparisons, like you're going to draw – invariable comps because of Cam's size. And as Richardson said, the media got a kick out of it. I can run past you, over you, through you, throw it. You know what I mean? The guy was saying all the right things. He's a dynamic personality. I think he'd be a born leader. But the completion percentage is weak sauce. Yeah. The inconsistency. The, but here's the thing. Much like Cam Newton, he can throw it a mile, but sometimes he'll miss the high percentage stuff down in the flat. You know, the, the stuff you should be hitting. The guy that... Uh at least I've compared him to and, and did the, the research on it was, believe it or not, Josh Allen. And we killed Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. He had a Same 53% thing. completion rate. And we were like, what is the deal? What's going on? Allen worked on that. And now he's become not only one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, mm-hmm. but one of the best. I think Richardson could do the same. I'm not as caught up in that, Mike, as most people with the percentages mm-hmm. uh, when you start talking about the completion rate, because I know you can get better with that. I'm more enamored with his skills, tools and, and skills. He's got everything you want in an NFL quarterback. Guys, I just want you to understand this. He's 6'4", 244. I know. He ran faster than Mike Vick, and Vick was a 200-pound quarterback. 
This dude's different. And you just touched on it. We thought, both of us, that Josh Allen was a big mistake and a big project, and you've seen it. He took a, a galactic leap from years two to three for Josh Allen, where he's the perennial pro bowler and one of the top three quarterbacks. Brian Dable is the guy. Who's going to be working with Anthony Richardson to maximize his talent? Again, right team, right right place. All the things you said can come to fruition. Let's hear Richardson talk about what he wants to do in the NFL. I see myself, you know, I want to be a legend. You know, I want to be like Patrick Mahomes. I want to be like Tom Brady. I, I want to be one of the greats. You know, I will be one of the greats, you know, because I'm willing to work that hard and, and, and get to that point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, if you're looking, if, like right now, you have the two guys side by side. And you use the Josh Allen comp you just made as far as how how he'll develop. I would take him over C.J. Stroud in a heartbeat, because C.J. Stroud's a guy who looks good one minute. So you can make the same argument, Carl. And both what if both these guys just hypothetically would be there at eight? <laughs> Don't do that to me, Mike. <laughs> See, Don't now, do that would to you me. take Anthony Richardson over Desmond Ritter on pure yes. athleticism? Yes. yes, every day and twice yes. on Sunday. Yes. And it's not fair to Ritter, I know. The only thing that's fair to Ritter is if he had gotten eight damn games to start. And then we could have made a you know, better educated guess is what he is. I, yeah, But I, this, he is a tantalizing listen, prospect. I'm going to be hurt if that happens. If, if we have all those options mm-hmm. at eight, which is a great place to be. But if that, if that happens and you tell me all that's on the board, oh, I'm going to be hurt. Now, the one interesting aspect of the draft, and I saw this today, I mentioned to Carl in the first hour, is Peter King's, uh, his version of whatever they call Monday morning quarterback these days, is talking to the GM up in Chi-Town, is that Chicago is definitely not moving on from Fields. Fields is going to be there. Poles is sticking with him. And the world is their oyster because they could trade down or they could move on. they got a million teams that might call to get to number one if they are enamored with any of the guys we've spoken about. Whether it's a Jalen Carter and there's no other shoe dropping about it, what happened in Athens, or if it's Bryce Young, although I got to be honest, Bryce Young does not move, Carl, like Kyler Murray. He might be the same size as Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is a speedy quarterback. Bryce Young's going to stand in the pocket at that size and that stature, I which th- some guys say is much like Drew Brees. Yeah, and I do think Murray's probably a better athlete. I do, mm-hmm. but I think his pocket presence, I'm talking about Bryce Young, is better than Kyler Murray's. I think his accuracy is better than Kyler Murray's, but yeah. Everybody wants to make those comps. Mm. If he's Drew Brees, Mike, do you take him? You yeah, have then, to. You Drew have Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever dress out. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you think he's that, see, this is my deal. Back to Richardson, sorry. If you think he's Cam, that means he's an MVP in this league and he takes your team mm. to the Super Bowl, and within a decade, within 10 years, Mike, your team's winning division championships and you're going to the playoffs multiple times. That's what Cam did. If he's that, then you draft him. You draft him early because those guys just don't grow on trees. When you draft these guys and you go, when you draft a guy, specifically a quarterback, we're going to Super Bowl, he may be an MVP or should mm-hmm. be, right. and more likely we're, we're competing for championships, you know, five or six or seven years at the time he's here. And I'm only using a decade because anybody that plays more than that now, right. you, you, it's a stretch. Now we're talking I about it now. Yeah, That's we're right. talking about the draft. I gotta be, you know, I was I was kind of offensive. You know, I was like, eh, about Anthony Richardson. You just mentioned Josh Allen and everything you and I talked about. Josh Allen, the same. That's now now you got me in, you got me intrigued, buddy. Now free agents. Khalil Mack is available. He's thirty-two. Leonard Floyd is reported to be cut by the Rams. He's thirty. That interests you? Either one of those interests you? Lil Birdie says Floyd wants to come to Atlanta. Okay. I kind of like that one. What's, what's wrong, Bo? Um, so, Leonard Floyd with the Bears, four years, mm-hmm. 18 and a half sacks. It's okay. Not great. Right. I mean, his highest was seven. Leonard Floyd with Aaron Donald, 
29 sacks right. in three years. But hold on. We're going to pair him with Hargrave and Grady. We're going to have Hargrave and Grady oh, next Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then like it's that. all going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just go by we don't yeah. have Hargrave because you're going to have to pay Leonard Floyd, too. Right. But again, but if we're making the full commitment to getting this defense and get in the pass rush business, that's, full commitment, Mike. That's a good way well, to start. Although Orlando Brown apparently is uh, not going to be tagged by Kansas City at twenty-six, the best tackle available. So you guys are going to go sign all these guys and then get a project that can't even start day one at quarterback? Great. No, what are you no, talking about? No, no. I mean, Anthony Richardson is not a day one starter. He's not even close to Josh Allen out of college. Wrong. Played at a higher level of competition than Josh Wrong. Allen Wrong. Uh, guys. For one season. You should, you should go watch tape because we speci- it doesn't lie. We were specifically talking about the completion percentage. If you're going to tell me a guy that played at Florida is not more highly touted than a guy that played at Wyoming, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Half the country didn't know who the hell Josh Allen was, Bo. It's- what I'm telling you is – is Josh Allen was better coming out of college than Anthony Richardson is. What I'm telling you is... Yeah, he played more. Workouts he played more. are one thing. Film and game action right. is another. And I watched... And I, I'm a, I love Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. but he is a project. He is not a day-one starter. You're... You telling me that Arthur Smith's got to win next year and he's going to go draft Anthony Richardson at eight? But the, uh, but no. the, but the upside, but, but the minute. upside athleticism and the size because he's six again, six four, two forty four, runs like a deer. Right now, throws like a deer. But this is a guy if you oh, can't do a strong the, arm though. But he can throw. I mean, against a bit of accuracy, but he's got a again, he can throw a mile. That's that's more upside than I've got with Ritter. That's just I mean, in miles and miles of upside. But you got. But again, Squid, Squid Billy's point is. He was so woefully inconsistent in college. Yeah, here's the thing about Ritter, though, as we talk about this. And, guys, we don't know where this is going. This is why we've said this is the most important offseason we've had. A lot of things could change. Here's the deal. This is going to be Ritter's rookie year. Ritter's con- he's going into the season. Mm-hmm. This is his rookie year. He played four games, okay? I-, I don't know how much, again, you feel like you know about him. He's a rookie that's going to be starting for us. That's the reality. All right, we're coming back. we got plenty more to get to. Are we getting an NHL team? We'll talk about it next. This is what I'm saying. Shut up! <laughs> this is Jim Rome with the CBS Sports. Came in here. He was very aggressive. Very, <laughs> very aggressive. He was very triggered by some of the performances uh, by Anthony Richardson last year for the Gators. Now, the Florida State game, it reminds me of Mike Vick in his prime. All over the place, yeah. but, you know, and still interesting stuff happened. Nine for 27 in that game, but he still drew for three touchdowns and a pick. And so he's kind of this – he's the guy that it's funny. We said, just said during the break, there's nothing wrong with Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter started in, like, what, 45, 50 games in college in Cincinnati. He's polished. He's experienced. Yeah. But part of the reason why maybe things weren't as explosive and he didn't get you the touchdowns is they had to have a fullback or a tight end used as a fullback to block because we only sent two guys out for routes in some of those games. And you wish we started at home against the Bears as opposed to on the road against the Saints in his first game. So we didn't get more games. It just we didn't get enough for Ritter to win over all of the fan base. And then something like the Richardson phenomenon at the combine gets people's tongues wagging. It's human nature. No, it is. Um, let me ask you guys, by the way, what did Josh Allen win in college? Nothing. Nothing. And the only time he played big schools, he didn't do anything. That is the biggest misnomer ever, that guys have to win chips at the collegiate level to have success in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes didn't win at Texas Tech, guys. 500 for his career, right? Didn't win at Texas right. Tech. Great talent, and you know what he is now in the NFL. 
please do not get caught up in saying, oh, well, he didn't win anything in college. It's the dumbest thing. Mm -hmm. These guys, it's about their skill set and tools. Do you have the tools to be an NFL quarterback? The argument, and he was very aggressive, is Bo was saying that that Richardson does have all of those tools, but you question maybe some other things. And if you take him at eight, and this was the, the part, he said you got to start him. He's right. There'll be a buzz. He's First, right. He's a charismatic guy. Remember, we spoke to him at SEC Media Days. He's got a big personality. Wherever he goes, he's going to be the face of the franchise. He is. He is. And that's and it would yes, it would be invigorating for a lot of folks here. It would be exciting, but that's the see. There's the rub. If you look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen's last year at Wyoming, it was like sixteen and six as far as touchdowns. That's crap. That's nothing special. And and this year, the touchdown to t- interception ratio was nothing impressive for Anthony Richardson well, either. That's why I'm saying that. I'm that be like Tom Brady. Well, good luck. That notion of you know how does this compare? That's that's my comp. Right. Simply because of the completion. They neither one of those guys had a high completion rate in college, but Josh Allen has turned into a great NFL quarterback. I do think with the right coaching, mm-hmm. this this Richardson kid can do the same thing. I'll say this, and then uh, we'll move right. on, Mike, because this is a conversation I'm sure we'll be having as we move forward. He crushed the combine, which is why this yeah. all started, okay? Um, would it get the city excited? Yes, it would. Okay. Um, but is, here's the thing. But then are you and I going to be talking about the next Mike Vick or the next, the next Jamarcus Russell? Oh, don't say that. Is he, is he Jamarcus Russell? That's what some – It's again, all it takes is one team, and you think one team's already fallen in love with him. I do. Don't know if it's us. But Jamarcus Russell was one of those guys that just – you know, he had one, that monster year in 06, and he came to the NFL, and he was – give me that drink. The purple, purple drink. drink. Purple <laughs> drink. Mean, the wheels came off. Yeah. I, boy, mm. you're saying he's either – or – It's ah, high risk. Come it's, on. But, you know, it's high risk, high reward. Now, Nolan Smith is another guy who's high risk, high reward. Chuck Smith, and he knows pass rush, said he's got to go to the right team. It's not like it's a game like you just plug Nolan Smith in anywhere, despite what he did at the combine. All right, more of this to come. Um, I'll tell you what I'd love. I'd love for us to get hockey back. Oh. Third time can be a charm. Um, John Boutigross is the guy that originally was reporting this, um, saying that it's through expansion guys or either relocation, okay, that this is going to happen. With the NHL, Houston is another team that's being talked about. We know teams or, or southern cities can host teams and have success. We're seeing it all around us. Florida, Nashville. Hell, Nashville has a hockey team, and it's crazy up there. So, Mike, the idea that hockey could come back to Atlanta, is the city ready for another shot? Well, I think there's a lot of fans like me, like you. Like, I love hockey. I Just like I told you, I spent the last two weekends watching NHL hockey in Vegas and up in New York for the Rangers. There's so many transplants that are here, in addition to folks who love the Flames, love the Thrashers, and the fans didn't do anything wrong. The fans, that's the thing, the fans did not let down the uh, hockey in the NHL. The ownership did. Atlanta Spirit Group is one of the greatest frauds ever perpetrated on Atlanta sports fans, mm. and we're still paying for that. And Bettman wouldn't touch it, Carl, because they were so litigious. Those guys were suing, their owners were suing each other. Hell, they even sued King and Spaulding to try to get the valuation <laughs> right, but they sold their shares to Belkin or, or bought Belkin out. So anyway. They were never going to touch it. Phoenix right now is on life support by the NHL. They're playing in a, in a dinky arena. In a, in a, like, it's like at the Arizona State campus right now. They're not even playing in a, in a regular-sized arena. Will they relocate the Coyotes? I don't know. Expansion takes you to 34 teams. And you mentioned Houston. You've already got the Kraken in Seattle. But you, you'd have to have another team come in if you're going to expand. And then the other question. Right now, maybe it goes up. Right now, it's $650 million for an NHL expansion fee. You got to give the NHL six hundred fifty million dollars, and that's before you even break ground on a new arena. So who's got the who's got the juice to do that right here in Metro Atlanta these days? Well, 
Maybe it's somebody that's mm. not in it in, in Metro Atlanta. Maybe it's somebody mm. that comes from the outside in. Listen, Tony Wrestler was, I mean, his we wife. Did, we, I, never, we never knew who no, he was. Right? But I mean, he, he, his wife was an actress, and we were familiar with her and some of her work. But at the end of the day, when, when Wrestler came in here and bought the Hawks, we were like, oh, um, I, I don't know, Mike. I, I, it sounds really good. Is it going to happen? I'm not sure if I'm complete, completely convinced because, as you mentioned, there are just a lot of hurdles you've got you've right. to get over. But I will say this. I do think at this point where the city is, right, and I always say this, things change. Where the city is, I think the city would support it, and it would get good numbers. The idea of wherever the arena is, and I said this earlier, guys, everybody told me, Cobb, it was going to be the downfall of the Braves, and, oh, why are they moving? This is terrible. Attendance is off the charts. Okay. Now it helps that they've been good, no right. doubt. But that hasn't hurt the Braves by moving to Cobb. I don't think if you put this new arena, whatever it's going to be, in, in you know OTP and now Ferretta or wherever it's rumored to be, is going to hurt the attendance. If people who want to be a part of it, you want to go to a Braves game, you go. Right. You want to go to a Hawks game, you go to State Farm. You go downtown. You want to go to a Falcons game, you go to Mercedes Benz. I don't think that plays when people start saying, "Oh, I'd never go. I'm not going all the way up there." Well, you go to Braves games. Yeah, and that thing is a 75. I will say the 75 and everything we thought was going to be a nightmare. It's not. I've never ever missed a first pitch getting in and getting out as a breeze. And we were petrified. Yeah, Cobb County, they do an amazing job. Anybody who's ever, if you, wherever you park, if you park on one of the ancillary lots, if you park in the red lot, you're out. It's easy. So the other thing is, 400 corridor is a blank show as far as traffic. It is. I don't know. See, on the south side, population density is 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 uh, the lowest where I live, and it's higher, obviously, by where you are from 75 to 85. So you're going to put it somewhere up there, and if you put it off of 400, yeah, I mean that's great for the suburbanite. I mentioned it today. Immediately, I got the dreaded, I don't go downtown because of the crime. Well, yes, of course, yes, I get it. And Marta doesn't go to where you need it to go. If we actually had built Marta the right way, and again, Carl, that ship is sailed. Mm. But if you could have get, like, if you're a guy who lives anywhere north, like hell, all the way to Cumming, and you could get on an express train, we don't have that capability. You know, it doesn't wait. It goes station to station. There's no way you could go and go, whoop, from North Springs and right on down to Atlanta in one stop. You can't do that. If you did, that's called the Long Island Railroad. That's called Philadelphia's transit system. That's the way it works in major cities. We didn't do that. So we're stuck in the car. So you got to go to where the people are. That means it's got to be up there for it. Although the rink... Space is still there. The profile fits for hockey at State Farm. Yeah. And you're going to have your own, if you want to call it a cross between the Battery and Atlantic Station, but the Gulch Project is going to be at street level going up. It is. And that could be, obviously, for some guys who want to own a hockey team, a chance to be getting with Tony Wrestler and make a, make a fortune. Right? Let, me, let me ask you this, though. If I had that money, Mike, why would I split it when I can go own right. the land? Right. OTP. Develop it. It's all yours. I, it's all mine. Why would I do that? No disrespect, but I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to build a project just like the battery, and we're going to have all those restaurants around the arena, and game night's going to be buzzing, and we're going to have all the amenities, and it's mine. If I've got that kind of money, and we're going to do this, I'm doing it that way. I'm not going to share the arena, nights where we got to share, and, oh, the Hawks are playing. Don't need to do all that. This is where we're doing, and, and that's what I would do. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I get it. It could be retrofitted. We asked Steve Coonan that probably two years ago, and he was yeah. like, of course we could do hockey. No, the profile, I mean, the, the, all the parameters are still there. You know, you got to make an ice making, that's no big deal. But, I mean, they, they actually have, still have a Zamboni room, actually. So here's the deal. You're right, though. Cars, travel, nobody wants to come downtown, downtown. Like, don't get it wrong. I lived in Midtown. If I still did, it, it, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with this. Crime is crime in all major cities right now. I get it. But, I mean, the idea, I've gone to sporting events at State Farm. Prior to that, it was Phillips. 
Mercedes-Benz, before that, Georgia Dome. I've been here 25 years. I've never been mugged. I've never, I've never felt threatened. I can't speak to everybody. I think somebody sees a homeless person, they freak out. I, I, don't, I mean, I've never understood that thing, but that was a thing for some fans who never wanted to come down to watch the Thrashers. Yeah, um, look, I, I, I agree with you, and I don't know what the numbers are as far as crime and all of that stuff, but, but I do know this. Um, when I've gone to games, and we go to games all the time, and I've gone to games all my life, mm-hmm. this is what I've done. I have never, and most of them have been metropolitan areas, Dallas, Houston, Denver. I've never felt that way where you go, I'm in trouble or I feel uncomfortable. That's just me. And and I get it. Mike's right. Every city has those issues, but I don't think that's going to be a deterrent from us getting a hockey team. They're not going to look at that. You know what they're looking at? Our growth. They're looking at the, 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 the money that's here and the support that it could get. And more importantly, Mike, if you're in the NHL, why wouldn't you want to be in Atlanta? Seriously. Well, again, we're a top 10 market, guys. It's next census. We're probably number six in the country. It's a huge media market. The NHL, I think they would have taken this team over to keep it here, the way Major League Baseball kind of handled the Expos and eventually got them in D.C. But they didn't want to deal with all the litigious nature of Atlanta Spirit LC. So, again, look, Mr. Cousins moved it out there. It was a real estate thing, and he we, we never should have lost the team to Calgary. We should never have lost the team to Winnipeg. But that's unfortunate. Now, who's the guy, Carl said? If anybody's got the billions, it's a well-kept secret, and he's not living here. And if he is, I'd like to meet that man. I always thought Arthur Blank would have to be involved for something like this to take root. Yeah, I don't know if Mr. Blank wants to do anything else with sports. He's got all these entities, but... All we're telling you is it's a possibility. The word is on the street. Rumors won't die. I think a lot of this is self-perpetuating because so many people want this to be real. Yeah. But as soon as the Anson Carter thing that he was involved with the group started back in October, people have been feeding it. All right, coming up, yeah, man, no man's on the way. We're going to talk more about Kirby, who says we do not have a culture issue. That's at 4 o'clock. Stay right there. It's Dukes and Bell. It is Dukes and Bell. We will talk more about the hockey situation. And I say that because, again, it's rumored that Atlanta could be getting a hockey team. There are some other components to this that we need to discuss, and we will. Mike, before we get to Bo, I got to say this. What's going on with our state legislators? Mm. Um, Once again, the idea of us getting legalized and regulated sports betting is not even going to be voted on. Oh, come on. It's not even going to be voted on. And I don't know about you, but we've talked about this. Mike and I are advocates for it um, Mm. for various reasons. And listen, there are too many states around the country right now that are benefiting from this, specifically sports betting. Right. We need it. And one of the things that I would tell you is, hey, (laughs) write your your congressperson, write your state legislator, guys. This is ridiculous. How does it not even get voted on? Yeah, and we spoke to the rep that was uh, the guy that was uh, was handling the bill. This is about what uh, was it a year and a half ago? We had the uh, the state assemblyman or wherever the rep was from Savannah. Yes, and he was a guy that was basically handling the uh, the legislate <sighs> legislation on that. I don't get it. I mean, I understand that there's parts, big pockets of uh, of the of the of the state that don't want this. We already have the lottery. You have the lottery. You can't be a little bit pregnant. I'll repeat that. Okay, you can't be a little bit pregnant. We already have it. You can bet we have the scratch-off games. You have different versions. You got the Fantasy Five. You got Powerball. It's all here. So and I got to tell you, being in Las Vegas, being able to put that app on your phone once you're in Nevada and pop your action—it's it's it's amazing. It is like not for everyone, but just like drinking, just like speeding, all the things like that. Where people are going to abuse this. I get it, but there's a lot of us who would love it. 
and we would be making a lot of money for the state. Now, people always, it's a different argument, Carl. It goes sideways. People go, well, don't waste the money. I don't care. Hope Scholarship seems like it's done a pretty decent job. No, I know everyone's got detractors for everything in the state, but that seems to work out okay. Yeah, and, and, and you got a kid in college, and you're getting Hope mm-hmm. or Zell, and you're pretty excited about the fact that they're getting this money. Supporters might say um, that it could bring $30, $30 million to $100 million in revenue to, to the state each year. Um, we'll talk more about mm. this, but I'm just, I'm more disappointed in the fact that we don't even, you guys don't even vote on it. We don't even get a shot to I mean, we can't even run up the flagpole this year. We were told this thing was going to happen. All right. Let's get to yeah, man, no man. It's time for yeah, man, no man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like we should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. Not really. From Florida. Kennesaw State. And gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. Brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce, Bigger, Better, Boulder. Happy Monday, Bo. What's going on today? Yeah, man. Beautiful weekend outside, Chris. It was great. Um, Yeah, you know, it was a big weekend for me, by the way, guys. What? What happened? Well, I mean, as you all know from my intro, I'm a, I'm a proud Kennesaw State alumnus. I mean, I'm on their sports management video, for God's sake. Wow. It's true. And, it's true. and this happened over the weekend. Tapped around. That's it. It's over. Kennesaw State wins the A-Sun Championship, and they're going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. Incredible. Um, this is a program that won one game in mm. 2019, one in 28. And now you fast forward, and they punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. This is what makes March Madness so cool. It just does. Because people are going to watch Kennesaw State. They don't even know where Kennesaw State is. And they're going to be like, what is this school? Who is this school? And they'll get the backstory, Mike, and they'll get a lot of love. And I got to tell you, big shout out to to Coach Raheem. They've done an incredible job. And the environment, I don't know if you guys saw it. There's footage out there. The arena was packed, guys. Again, it's 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 a small arena, but packed, Mike, and everybody was into the game. I thought it was an yeah. incredible atmosphere. Do you know? Do we know now from the bracketologists? Are they going to play in the play-in game? Uh, they won't know. I hope they that's not know. the case. I would love to see. I mean, again, we've added so many layers, Carl, to March Madness. Yeah. You'd hate to see that die somewhere, like you know, where they play that in Dayton. You're right, where they play those playing games. But either way, great story for coaches, as Carl mentioned. Amir Abdul Rahim taking it from one and twenty-eight to where they are now. So when I went there, uh, I remember when they played in the old gym, which was like a literally like a high school gym, and now yeah. they play in the Convocation Center. Which is you're, nice. You're welcome. I helped build that financially <laughs> my six and a half years there. Big booster. He's a big booster too, Carl. No, 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 no. My, my, my tuition money built no, that, no, Michael. That's what's wrong. Okay, I went there six and a half years. I know that I paid on that Convocation Center. You know, uh, he's a big booster too, Carl. He draws a lot of water up there in that uh, part of the so, um, I want to give credit, though, to, to Coach Raheem because I heard him on with the Steakhouse this morning. And you know, Carl, Mike, a lot of coaches, when they go somewhere, they suddenly forget what happened before them. Mm. You know, they act like they were the first people to ever be there. Mm. I mean, Georgia Tech fans know what I'm talking about with the guy they just got rid of, mm. but um, who acted like he invented the sport. But Ra- Coach Raheem talked about um, – Coach Tony Engel, who was the coach for Kennesaw State when I was there, who won a D2 national title right. at Kennesaw State back in 2004. So I think it's cool that coaches go places and they embrace 
you know, the legacy that, that's been there before and don't act like they invented the sport. Again, I mean, you know, some guys forgot all about what, you know, Georgia Tech had done 150 years before that uh, guy who just got ran off from there was there. So just, you know, I just think it's cool. For those not following Swinbilly's cryptic message about Coach Collins, Coach Collins did throw some shade at Paul Johnson and amongst other guys when he came in and took over. Yeah, listen, um, this is great for the school. It's great for the program. Anytime your school can get recognition, right, it's always good. Hmm. Uh, and, again, now, you know, you start to think, okay, can they build on this? I don't know how far they go. If they win two games in the tournament, it's 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 incredible, okay? I don't care what anybody says. I don't know how far they're going to go. But can you build on this? Can you become a perennial A-Sun champion year in and year out and be competing for this? That's what that's the next goal. But look where Kennesaw was, Bo. Like you said, when you were there, and think about where it is now. Guys, it's one of the biggest schools in the state. Yep. As far as, you know, student population, it's it's a lot like Central it's, it's a lot like UCF. It a lot is. What Central Florida has done in Orlando with their for their sports programs, and that's how you get people involved yep. in the pro in the program itself. It sells itself. It's the real KSU. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got you. Not some garbage school in Manhattan, Kansas. The real yes. KSU is in Kennesaw, Georgia, baby. Mm. Hope I offended someone. Well, they are the best basketball team, certainly up the seventy-five quarter, Georgia Tech. Uh, but uh, and we'll see. I think Georgia's going to turn the turn the corner with Coach White. No, they are the best state in the school for basketball right now. There is no one Hands better. Down. Hands down. No one. All right. Uh, you know, I hadn't watched the UFC fight in a long time, and uh, John Jones, who is controversial, been around him before. He was super nice when I met him years and years ago, um, and. <laughs> Thank you. I was looking for it. Turtle never Turtle never disappoints me. Um, mm. And uh, he came back for the first time in three years and fought. He's but a bad boy, man. He fought at heavyweight. Yep. Yeah. Which is anything in the UFC, you know, heavyweight's 220 or above. He fought at 248, I believe. 249. Which is, which is huge for him. Yeah. He outweighed Cyril Gain, who, who was a number one contender because Francis Ngannou left. Because of a contract dispute, he was a champion, a vacant title. Literally submits Gain in two minutes and four seconds. Um, a guillotine wins the UFC heavyweight title. Now, John Jones looked like he had drank about – you know what he looked like? He looked like he a fit dude went to NASCAR over the weekend and drank a case of beer every <laughs> single day right. and was bloated. That's what he looked like. I mean, and he hadn't fought in three years, right? Three years. Yeah. I was, and by the way, I got the I got the message from ESPN Plus that he was about to start, and I was confused. Like 149, or there was 75. Either way, I was going to pay anything yeah, for yeah, it because yeah. I, I hadn't seen. I, I love we, we you and I were big fans. We had him on the show a couple times. Jones is my favorite fighter. And then you know the wheels kind of fell off. But this is an unbelievable comeback story. If he can, if he can keep his life straightened out, it'd be great. Yeah, for UFC, he's been my favorite dude. The the, the personal issues, and I think the last time we had him on, we asked him about overcoming some of this stuff, and he was like, "I got to learn to get out of my own way." And right. then he made another mistake which obviously put him out of the, of the fight game for a while. But it just shows you how talented he is, Bo, to take this kind of break, go up and wait, and then do what he did this weekend. He's incredible, man. And, uh, Mike, you were confused on the price with yeah. a ESPN Plus subscription. Right. was different. They throw that in there to try to get you to get one. You don't have to um, – because I got ESPN Plus, so what, what was it, 75 bucks for me then? It would have been, uh, I think, seventy four ninety nine because yeah. okay. we yep. got it. Um so he Daniel Cormier, who won lightweight and heavyweight titles, and I love him as a as an announcer. By the way, he's killing it. Yeah, I love boring. Him. No, I, I wish I love Couture him. was back. I, 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 here's the deal: 
I like the fact that he is not afraid to talk about guys that he lost to or that he fought. A lot of times guys try to, you know, put themselves above guys. He, he knows what's up. He knows who's good and who's not. But I like Cormier. Go ahead. The, the, you know what? To your point, he's done a really good job. Him and him and Jones hate each other. Yeah. It's not nope. it's not made up. They legitimately hate each other. I respect how he can put that aside. But um, Jones is like one of five or six people to win multiple titles. Uh, B.J. Penn, Conor McGregor, um, Nunez has done it. Amanda Nunez has done it. Mm. Um, has is, does, is John Jones now solidified himself? Because I've always thought pound for pound Anderson Silva was the GOAT. Okay. But at the end of the fight, Jones you goes. You saw the magic of Tank Abbott in, uh, in person. At the end of the fight, <laughs> Jones goes, because he's the GOAT. Is he the GOAT, though? Should he be considered the GOAT? Remember, his only loss was a DQ. That's right. right. Well, I mean, again, he's, he was suspended three times over the course of his, of his career for things off the, outside the octagon. And uh, it's been ugly. But, you know, everybody loves a redemption story. And he's always been considered, I always thought, pound for pound, the baddest man in, in mixed martial arts. Yeah, listen, this is why you look at a guy like Manny Pacquiao, right? And boxing is viewed differently. I get it. But he did this at different weight classes. Now, he never went up to heavyweight. But when you have the ability to do that and you, you can jump from weight class to weight class and dominate, you, you, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, where he started and where he is right now, now, how long does he have this title? How long does he defend it? Are we still going to get the best fights? Or You know, I'm hoping that's the case. But, yeah, but right now for me, and he always has been up there as a top-tier guy, but to Mike's point, the off the, the out of the octagon issues, right, mm-hmm. had you doubting whether he was ever going to live up to his full potential. And now with this return to the ring at a heavyweight, uh, it, for me, he's hands down number one. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, by the way, as always, Yeah Man No Man is brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire sauce. Bigger, better, bolder. Um, get over to uh, WSauce.com to find a retailer near you. My guys on the south side still sure love it. And uh, by the way, real quick, thank you to everyone that showed up on Friday. That was jaw-dropping and amazing, all of our, our, of our listeners coming out there. And don't forget my friends at the Georgia Hemp Company and GeorgiaHempCompany.com. Uh, use the code SquidBilly10 today for 10% off your online order. Turtle, by request, <laughs> hit my music. We'll have more on why this music is significant in Guy Talk. Coming up next hour. Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant reportedly being investigated by police in Colorado after he appeared to flash a gun during an Instagram Live video. There is no appeared. He did. The deal with that is, guys... He traveled into another state with his weapon, if it was, in fact, his weapon. And Colorado investigators now want to know what was he doing with the weapon in Colorado. This is a whole nother kettle of fish Mm. that he's going to have to deal with. But that's the latest on John Morant. We haven't even talked about that story today. Coming up, Kirby backs UGA's culture. We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.